So I'm on a mission to get Tostitos. Before I go on that mission to get Tostitos, I kind of want to briefly talk about individuals who are in the depths of their addictions, having been there. And I won't check that right now, but having been there and also um, just seeing it all the time, just interacting with people like that all the time. You see somebody, they're not enough. They're in the, 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 the depths of their withdrawal. They're lost. They don't know what to do. And your role, your, well, part of your role is to introduce them to philosophies that hopefully spark a thought process that thereby leads to them not necessarily quitting because that's always easier said than done but to at least look at themselves and say my actions they're fucking out of control and they're leading to certain consequences the consequences may be legal in nature alright and now this is the thing (laughs) when your role is more of a you're just relaying information to them. Your rule falls under the umbrella of not addiction services, not counseling, not therapy, not psychology, but you fall under a different umbrella. I won't say what, for the sake of some form of anonymity, but because it's an unsupervised role, you just there. You you try and just play that role of um, not really a therapist, but like a peer. It's like peer support. And that there you go, peer support. So, as somebody who's venturing into, I guess, social work, but also peer support, you interact with them on a level where you do sometimes have to share war stories. I mean, that's what it is. The war stories open up trust. And I've been guilty of trying to protect my own stories because I know it's not about me. It's about them. But it's interesting when you listen to somebody say, yo, you actually know what you're talking about because a lot of the shit you just said, A, mirrors my own experience my meaning them and also B it just shows that you've been you've been there right so it mirrors their experiences it shows you know what you're talking about and then also it it, it establishes trust and rapport so you gotta think of it from a couple ways a journey towards social work while also realizing that you're very effective as a peer supporter. And I think that's what we do on IG, right? All the IG community, all the people who share stories and talk about their stories and addiction, addictions recovery and the various things that they do to maintain sobriety or to maintain 75% sobriety. Because that's something you also... Like, I... I maintained abstinence and at times slipped in the earlier in the year and kind of beat myself up for it beat myself up for it but 
I also realized that all or nothing black and white thinking doesn't get you anywhere. So you got to have those moments of, yes, there's there's a balance. Some people have to abstain. Others have to learn how to moderate and monitor their intake of whatever it is they're taking, especially booze. You know, we go to an event of transparency. We go to an event and I have three drinks. The other person has one. All right. And that was fine. There was no desire to have extra drinks. There was no like, how can I empty my bank account? They already are not that way inclined. So there was no desire to make a fool out of myself in front of this person. But you do have to learn at some point. So I guess a prolonged period of abstinence and then reintroducing yourself to moderation can prove to be a learning experience in itself. Abstaining is easy. You just don't do it. Moderating is a little bit something different. That involves very specific boundaries set in one's mind boundaries and also um, how would you say limits you don't cross this line you don't cross that line doesn't matter how wild everybody else is getting you're focused on self peer pressure should never be even in the thought process you know you're going to an enjoying event you want to remember it you want to just black out like, that's what a lot of events in the past have been for many people who participate in substances it's like you go to blackout and then you don't remember the event and it's like what was the point right you gotta learn moderation hold on i'm supposed to leave and go get tostitos with somebody hold on a second give me one second There's like so many explosions going on. Mom Dukes is like, what the fuck is that noise? And I'm like, well, I haven't said anything yet. I'm going to say Lac Lamy Fireworks. So there's fireworks. Keep, stay with me, folks. I'm just typing something here. I have to, I have to respond to this. I was not going to get the Tosti dudes because I thought it was going to be a thunderstorm. Anyway, moderation. So you learn your limits. You learn how to balance things. So do I consider do I consider myself having relapsed? No. I no longer think like that. I'm no longer in that AA thinking. And it's funny because I have AA set up in my um, calendar. And it goes off every single week. And you know what? Okay, I gotta go. Peace. So, we're back from Tostitos run. And man, we got some new topic to talk about. We're talking about narcissistic relationships and how they have a hold on certain people. So, we're gonna end this off here and then start off that new topic in the next rant all right peace so like i said narcissistic 
relationships and the hold they have on people. It's uh it's a damn shame, you know, straight up it's a damn shame. Talking to homegirl who after X number of years no longer dealing with some fucking piece of shit. And this is a this is a this is a tale as old as time. She still is I don't know if it's madly in love, but basically she is remembering the original person who quote unquote wooed her, right? Basically clinging to the memory of the um, honeymoon phase and seemingly forgetting well not forgetting but letting the honeymoon phase eclipse the bullshit that happened afterwards the very bad bullshit to test as old as time or sorry it's a a test it is a test really because narcissist dude is testing them with um various forms of communication to rope them in and to essentially just play fucking mind games and I got I got little respect for that kind of behavior now have I been the best have in my in my own relationships have I been the best no but I ever done that no and there's plenty of us out there and plenty of people, you know, men and women, who don't play that game. So to hear it happen to people that you know, it's kind of like, how is this continuing, right? So to listen to someone be distraught because they no longer are in a relationship with the person that caused them great amounts of distress, you wonder, you know, you wonder, how is this, how is it even a thought to go back? But again, it's a tale as old as time, and it shall continue forever. And you don't really see the end of it. Now, some people do. It's kind of like abstinence, right? It's like the clean break. Right? You abstain. You just totally cut off the thing that you're addicted to. And from what it sounds and from what I've been told multiple times, there was nothing really... There was there were good parts, but there was nothing that was so gripping that it justifies going back, right? But like all substances or things you can become addicted to, you find yourself craving. And when you find yourself craving, them cravings can be real strong. So this is why I like addictions. Well, addictions of different sorts, right? Addictions, addictions is a very broad umbrella term 
It can apply to a variety of things. Relationships, drugs, gambling, work, right? Humans become addicted to all these things to the point of causing them great distress. What's the solution? Right? For some, the solution is abstinence, but I think when it comes to interpersonal shit, like humans, humans can communicate. Humans can hit you up. I guess in the same way that a, that a drug dealer or someone can hit you up. But drug dealers don't, I mean, if you're, if you're breaking clean from drugs, right, your drug dealer suggesting here, hey, I got X number of, you know, Coke or X number of pills or I got a whole bunch of, you know, whatever it is. You block that number, you cut them off, you don't see them again, or you see them and it's a different, you don't see them in the same circumstances. When you do, you don't even acknowledge them. When it comes to some of these relationship type things, it's like, as long as you entertain the, the continued communication, that's why. It's like, if you were to quit Coke, okay, let's use Coke, let's use Coke as an example. delete and block your coke dealer and you delete and block everybody associated with that scene the likelihood is you won't see them again and if you do it's in passing romantic things there's always that odd chance that it can be sparked up again and that's what I'm seeing I'm seeing some narcissist shit some narcissistic type personality not type personality, a narcissistic personality. Re-engage with somebody and seemingly draw them in but then play hot and cold. Right? It's that hot and cold behavior. And then the saddening part too is watching the person on the receiving end not really understanding the concept of hot and cold people or understanding the concept of narcissists that get off on that. Right? They get off on the on the, the mind games. They get off on the fucking with you. But that person on the receiving end doesn't see that or doesn't understand why somebody would do that. This is some deep psychological shit. You see in the, in the I'm assuming I haven't read it in total in, in, the, in its entirety, but in the DSM, whatever, the DSM five or the six or the seven or whatever number they're on, DSM eight. Let's just say seven. DSM seven. All right, seven. So, what's the solution? Like I've said. You cease communications and you move forward with other people who are better fits. But then there's always that personality, that narcissistic personality that would re-engage and re-spark thoughts and feelings. Right? And humans are complicated beings, so despite all the bullshit that was very obvious... 
the honeymoon phase again eclipses the bad shit. And that's when it's dangerous. Right? Because now I'm sitting here worried about somebody. Like, what the fuck's going to happen to them? I'm going to have to step. So we already got, like, a few people who are willing to step in and go deal with dude. I'm ready to go deal with dude. But it hasn't reached a point of them being back together so there's only so much you can really say to that that person on the receiving end and they almost don't want to hear it and when when someone doesn't want to hear something it makes it difficult so I don't know that was just my little train of thought on that alright y'all gotta be safe out here men and women there's all kinds of wolves out here are playing with you and if you let yourself get eaten up you let yourself fall into traps it's not gonna end well or you'll find yourself in a prolonged period of not healing it's like a wound that's not healing forever you gotta find ways to heal the wounds anyway rant over <laughs> <laughs>